welcome to People, Places, Planet Pod, the official podcast of the Environmental Law Institute, a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization working to ensure a healthy environment, prosperous economies, and vibrant communities founded on the rule of law. Gas stations are America's largest carbon spigot, a leading source of neighborhood-based pollution, and a sacred cow. From their emergence in the 1910s until the 1980s, the U.S. government took a laissez-faire approach to regulating gas stations. And while some regulations were instituted in the 1980s and 1990s to reduce some sources of pollution, they have continued to pollute the air, soil, and water. Now, four emerging issues, the climate crisis, the rise of electric vehicles, the aging of underground storage tanks, and new research establishing the dangers of gas station pollution are challenging the gas station status quo and intensifying the need for tighter governance. I'm Hunter Jones, Associate Editor for ELI's flagship publication, The Environmental Law Reporter. Today, I'll be talking with Matthew Metz and Janelle London, co-executive directors at Cultura, who posit in a recently published article in ELR that state and local governments should regulate gas stations to advance their climate goals, reduce pollution, improve public health, and save taxpayers money. Welcome, Matthew and Janelle. Thank you, Hunter. Hey, Hunter, thanks for having us. Good to have you both. Before we dive in, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what inspired you to write this article? I'm, I'm a trial lawyer by background. And in 2014, I started getting really concerned about the climate crisis. And I decided to focus on gasoline, which is our biggest source of carbon. So I started with studying consumer perceptions of gasoline that outside of really looking at price, gasoline had really not been studied very carefully. And I was always really interested in gas stations, which are the local tentacle of the oil industry. They dispense vast amounts of carbon, but are pretty much ignored by everyone. You know, and I was also puzzled by the contradiction of environmental activists you know, from our area who would go to North Dakota and Minnesota to try to block oil pipelines but then right in their own neighborhoods where they live in some of the bluest areas of the country, the gasoline spigot was wide open. And so, you know, that gas that was you know, flowing in North Dakota three weeks ago is today in, in Seattle and San Francisco being pumped out and no one's paying attention to it. So I was, I thought, you know, how could um, pressure be brought to bear on the gas station system closer to home? You know, what, what are the underlying legal and economic and environmental realities of the situation? I'll also add that I bought a gas station uh, three years ago, and it was a, it had just been shut down. There was still gasoline in the underground storage tanks, and I went through the process of cleaning it up. So I got rid of the first thing was just pump out all the oil in the tanks, and then and then actually going through the cleanup, working with the consultants, and and just understanding all the different places that gas stations pollute, and the economics, and all the issues associated with operating a gas station. Anyway, so that, that's kind of what got me interested in the subject and led me to write the article. And this is Janelle, and it, I work very closely with Matthew. We, we co-lead a nonprofit called Cultura. And as Matthew was talking to me about these things that he was finding, um, I, I was shocked. I, I didn't realize that there'd been so little written about the harms of gas stations um, and so little thinking done about kind of the, the legal avenues to do something about it. So um, I was very excited when Matt came up with the idea of writing the law review article. To start things off, can you briefly tell us about some of the harms that gas stations and the convenience stores that accompany them pose? Um, sure. This is Janelle. I'll kick that off. 
Um, so we got quite a few things that are problematic about gas stations. Um, first is that they exude a vapor. The gasoline um, has a vapor, a chemical uh, called benzene that comes off the, the vapors of the gas uh, gasoline. And it's, it's highly carcinogenic. Um, the World Health Organization has said there are no safe levels of benzene. And yet gas stations are exposing people to benzene all the time. Um, the people who work at the gas station obviously are exposed, people who go and fill up there. Um, and then, you know, the new technologies have been able to detect these benzene levels as far as 160 meters away from the gas station. And so that often includes in these kind of uh, local gas stations in your neighborhood, that can include um, homes and schools and workplaces that are being exposed to this really bad carcinogenic. Um, another problem is the underground storage tanks. So, you know, the gasoline um, that goes through the pump is stored in these enormous tanks underground. And once they're put in, they're just kind of left there. Um, and, and it turns out that after about 25 or 30 years, they wear out and they start leaking. Um, and they're, the older ones are, have a single wall. They're not double walled. They have a single wall and that, that wall just wears out. Um, so there's a real problem there with when those, those um, storage tanks start to leak. Um, there, have, there weren't very many regulations around that until about the 1980s. There was a 60 minutes kind of expose on gasoline leaks that were contaminating drinking water in Long Island. Um, and so that spurred this kind of um, legal requirement to replace these underground storage tanks. Um, but that was around 1990 and now it's 2020 and these tanks are getting to the end of their safe life again. Uh, so that's a real problem with these the, the risk of leaking. And um, for instance, in Seattle, two thirds of gas stations have underground storage tanks that are at least 25 years old. So this is a very widespread problem. Um, and then there's another problem and that's the, the pumps. So when you go to pump gas, um, when you kind of finish up, a couple of drops might leak onto the pavement. Um, and it may not seem like a big deal, but it really adds up. So for instance, um, you know, the average uh, gas station sells about a million gallons of gas a year. And with just those few drips by each customer, um, that can add up to about 70 to 100 gallons of gas that's spilled per year. Um, then there's big volume gas stations like Costco's that will sell maybe 20 million gallons of gas a year. And that can be 2000 gallons of spilled gasoline. Um, so that, that eventually uh, can make its way into the soil and groundwater. And that's a real problem because even like a 10 gallon spill of gasoline can contaminate 12 million gallons of groundwater. Um, that, that is what people drink. So contaminating that is, a, is an enormous problem. Um, one other problem is just the signaling of having so many gas stations. So when they're everywhere, it kind of sends a signal to people that, hey, there's gasoline, it's cheap, it's available 24 seven. Um, and that is not the signal that we want to be sending in a climate crisis. Um, we we want to be saying that this is something that we're eventually going to stop using, which we absolutely need to do. Um, and then finally, I'd just say that that uh, gas stations, all, most of them have a convenience store and the convenience stores themselves are also um, harmful. They're problematic. So they're the source of 71% of all cigarette sales. Um, Convenience stores also heavily market and sell alcohol, and they tend to have unhealthy food. In fact, if there's a gas station with a convenience store in a neighborhood, 
sometimes that displaces um, having a normal supermarket or grocery store. Uh, so that's not healthy. And then there's a lot of crime around gas stations. So I would say those are the main main problems of gas stations, the main harms. Matthew, anything to add? Yeah, just, well, one thing I would add is that it's not just the underground storage tanks. There's a whole network of pipes and fittings that connect from the underground storage tanks to, to the, the gas pumps. And so there's, you know, hundreds of parts there, any one of which could leak. Like in my, in my gas station, like, yeah, one, one little fitting was, was not installed and that wound up, you know, creating a big leak, you know? And, and so there's so many opportunities for things to go wrong and, and gasoline to, to leak into the, into the soil and, and water. In the article, you argue that four emerging environmental health and economic trends are challenging the gas station industry. Can you talk a little bit about these emerging trends and how they're affecting the industry? Sure, I'll kick that off. Um, so probably the biggest one is the climate crisis that we're in. So the transportation sector is now the, the single biggest source of carbon dioxide pollution in the US. And the vast majority of that, um, this transportation emissions come from burning gasoline and diesel in our cars and trucks. Um, in, in a lot of cities, gasoline use is about half of the total carbon dioxide emissions. And so um, this is resulting in local and uh, governments starting to declare climate emergencies and calling for, for big cuts in carbon emissions, and especially from transportation since it's the biggest source. So cutting gasoline use is going to be really important in meeting those, those climate goals. Um, and then second, we've got the rise of electric vehicles. So, you know, uh, electric vehicles are, are up and coming. They're a technology that's starting to take hold. In California alone, plug-in vehicles were 8% uh, of all new cars sold in 2019, and that was double how many uh, electric vehicles were sold in 2016. And we're seeing uh, forecasts and predictions that electric vehicles are going to be the majority of new vehicle market share by 2040, maybe even sooner. So and we've also starting, we're starting to see uh, states that are saying that we're not going to be having any new gas cars after a certain date. So California's governor has issued an executive order calling for no new gas cars to be sold in California after 2035. And we've got quite a few other states considering similar measures. So obviously this rise in electric vehicles that don't require any gasoline is going to shrink the demand for gasoline and it's going to threaten the viability of gas stations. They, they rely on gasoline for nearly 70% of their sales. And so that's going to be a problem for them. Matt, what else do we have? Yeah, so I would also add something that you mentioned earlier about the aging of underground storage tanks. So yeah, right now the majority of underground storage tanks are nearing their useful life all throughout the country. And replacing those and bringing them up to new federal standards which require double walled tanks and other uh, leak uh, prevention technology is pretty expensive. It's cost, you know, it'll cost on average like $300,000 and it could go to millions because a lot of times when you pull out the old tanks, the requirement is that you clean up any, any mess that was there. And so, so there's this huge cost that's gonna be facing um, gas stations if, if and when they pull out their tanks. So, but, so a lot of them are just incentivized just to keep operating and you know, kicking the can down the road as long as they can. But so, you know, that's one of the key dynamics of, of the gas station industry right now is what to do with all these aging tanks. And, you know, as also Janelle mentioned, there's a lot of new research about, about the 
hazards of having a gas station in your neighborhood. If, if they're emitting benzene, benzene's a carcinogen, you know, what are we gonna do about that? Is it, are we just gonna allow that to keep happening or are we actually gonna address these harms? And gas stations have had a free pass for a long, long, long time. You know, politicians are, are afraid to deal with them. They're neighborhood-based business. Many are owned by, uh, or at least nominally owned by minorities. And they have, and so they, they tend to have a fair amount of support in their community. And so there's a real conflict there between sort of the, the needs of the environment and the, and the need to deal with the climate crisis against, you know, local factors such as local business owners and, and just the long uh, dependence of Americans on gasoline. So all, all of these factors are now starting to butt up against each other and, and, and creating a, a, a crisis that's just, is just emerging right now. In response to these emerging trends, you argue that state and local governments should regulate toward an increasingly smaller and cleaner network of gas stations. How do you propose governments go about doing this? Well, there's a lot of different techniques that can be used. I mean, in some ways, maybe one of the simplest is to stop building new gas stations. I mean, right now, uh, gas gasoline use is basically stable. It has declined with COVID-19 uh, about 10%. So, but there's still a lot of new gas station construction happening all over. And if we're in a climate crisis, you know, why are we digging the hole deeper? So that that's one of the really major ones is is is, is stop building them. That can be done through zoning uh, changes, like zoning um, to prohibit the construction of new gas stations. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's one of the most important. Um, we can also uh, enforce the laws that already exist. You know, many, many gas stations are, are leaking. They're not properly being tested. Even if they do leak, they're allowed to continue operating indefinitely. There's many cases in Seattle, and I talk about one particularly egregious one, of a gas station that has known high levels of pollution. It's uh, the benzene level uh, that's measured in the groundwater is 380 times the legal limit. And it just keeps on operating. And, and this is very, very common. And the what the government could do is say, hey, you got to clean that up. You know, you can't you can't just keep polluting the groundwater indefinitely with with the gas station. But they've been really reluctant to do it for a lot of different reasons. But that that needs to stop. The regulators need to need to tighten it up a little bit. Um, you know, many of the tanks are still single walled. Uh, tanks that are at very high risk of polluting the groundwater. And in California, they've instituted a, a new law that by 2025, all single-walled tanks need to be pulled and, and double-walled tanks need to be put in. But in many states, there's no such rule and they just keep operating. And um, many states have either um, state insurance funds or kind of reinsurance funds to enable these stations to keep operating. The federal government has a requirement that uh, gas station owners have to have a million dollars of coverage for their underground storage tanks. And this coverage is very difficult to obtain in the private market for older uh, underground storage tanks. So the government has, local governments or state governments, excuse me, have created funds to help bridge that gap. So uh, gas stations can stay in business even if they have very old tanks. And so Washington has one of the most generous programs in the state, in the country. And the result is, is that we have the oldest tanks. And so 
you know, many of those tanks are polluting. We don't really know which ones are or are not, but we're encouraging really bad behavior by gas stations operating highly risky gas tanks. It's just, it's just not good. Um, so anyway, those, those are a few. Another uh, interesting one is that uh, in Cambridge, Massachusetts, they just passed a law that will require gas stations to post uh, climate warning labels. In other words, something that says right on the, on the gas pump, it says, you know, this product creates global warming, you know, something, you know, really simple statement like that, but to, to warn the consumers and to make that connection between what they're putting in their tank and the, and the climate crisis. So that, that's really positive. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are some of the key governmental changes. And, and other things that can happen as well is that uh, many of these sites, particularly in the cities, can be redeveloped into housing or much more intensive uses. You know, typically gas station is a pretty low intensity, low intensity use of, of land. So on a, on a, maybe the average parcel is about 15,000 square feet. They have a 2,000 square foot store and then the, then the pumps outside. But in, in dense environments like in San Francisco, New York, Seattle, that's very undeveloped real estate. And so, you know, big housing developments or other kinds of uses could be um, put onto that site. And so government can, can take various zoning measures and incentive measures to uh, spur redevelopment of gas stations. Hi, it's Janelle. I'll just add to Matt's point about um, imposing a moratorium or just stopping building new gas stations. You know, the density of gas stations in the US per capita is double what it is in Europe. So it seems like we have way more gas stations than we need already. And so to stop building new ones would not even be inconvenient, um, at least at first. You know, maybe they would start shutting, some of them would start shutting down as they're required to be cleaned up. But we definitely don't need new gas stations. Actually, I'll just, I'd like to also add one more thing is that, so, the EPA estimates that half of the country's 450,000 brownfields are abandoned gas stations. So we're facing another onslaught of brownfields as, as these gas stations age, as, as the, the market share declines. And then if we're building more, that just adds to the problem. Then we, then, you know, the older, even more of the older ones are forced out. There's newer ones that will also have to be probably cleaned up one day. And so we're just keep digging and digging, and digging. And, and yeah, we need to, we need to stop that. Matthew, Janelle, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about your article. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Thanks, Hunter. Thank, thank you. And to ELI for giving us the opportunity to present about gas stations. You can learn more about Matthew and Janelle's work at www.cultura.org. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. For more information on the Environmental Law Reporter and to read Matthew and Janelle's article, please visit our website at www.elr.info. Thank you for tuning in to People, Places, Planet Pod, brought to you by the Environmental Law Institute. We would like to hear from you, so please send us your questions, comments, and ideas to podcast at ELI.org. And if you're interested in learning more about our work, attending one of our events, reading our publications, or becoming a member, please visit our website at www.eli.org.